What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Football Advocate Podcast. I am your host, Chris, and I am here to help you navigate the entertaining but sometimes frustrating game that is fantasy football. It's this Thursday, September 24th. The start of week three is only hours away as the Dolphins will take on the Jaguars to get things started on Thursday night. But before we get into week three, let's briefly backtrack to Monday night, review some of that game. Saints first Raiders. As usual, Alvin Kamara looked incredible. Only 79 rushing yards, had two touchdowns, nine catches, 95 yards. With Michael Thomas out, he remains the focal point of that Saints offense. If you have him, you're starting him, no questions. I would hope that the Saints would be cautious with him going forward. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He may wear down as the season goes on. But for now, run him out there every week, no problem. Uh, As I stated last Thursday, Emmanuel Sanders, well... Should have been the primary target. You would think he would have been the primary target with Michael Thomas out. Didn't really play out that way. He had one catch for 18 yards. That catch was late in garbage time when the Saints were trying to come back and clearly weren't going to be able to. Traquan Smith was the primary target after Kamara, of course. He had five receptions for 86 yards. I really don't know who you start, who you feel comfortable starting in that Saints receiving core. If I had to choose one, I'd go with Traquan Smith because he's a younger guy. Maybe Breeze figures he can do more with him while Thomas is out. Speaking of Breeze, cracks are starting to show a little bit. Drew Breeze is no longer an auto start. He's no longer, uh, I have Drew Breeze. I put him out there every week except by week. Player, he did throw for 300 yards, but something about him, he does not look like the same Drew Breeze. And he hasn't always had Michael Thomas, so it's not just Michael Thomas is out. If you have an auto start guy, a Russell Wilson, a Patrick Mahomes, quite honestly, you could probably feel okay dropping Drew Brees. All right, on the Raiders side of the ball, Derek Carr looked good. Looked really good. Three touchdowns. Really solid. The only problem with Derek Carr, he is very inconsistent. You have to play the matchups with him. You never know which Derek Carr you're going to get. You got to kind of look at the matchups, make the best guess, and hope you're right. Josh Jacobs is not a star in the making. He already is a star. I don't don't, don't care what he's done, what he hasn't done. Josh Jacobs is an auto start. No matter what, you start Josh Jacobs. You saw some of the runs that kid made Monday night, breaking tackles, just hard nose running. He ran the ball 27 times for 88 yards. Yeah, it's 3.2 per carry. That's not great. But if he runs the ball 25 to 27 times a game, you're going to have a lot of monster games from Josh Jacobs. You are. Involved somewhat in the passing game. Not huge, but they will throw to him as well. So he's going to get you some points there also. Definitely start Jacobs if you have him. I mean, this is a guy who did awesome last year. It had a separated shoulder, or I believe a separated shoulder. It was a shoulder injury that ended up you know, shortening his season. But he played for weeks and weeks with that. He's a tough kid. He runs hard. He's super talented. He's an absolute stud. If you have him, you play him. Darren Waller was actually the number one receiver. Tight end for the Raiders. 12 catches. 12 catches for 105 yards and a touchdown. Not a great week one. If you're not aware of how Darren Waller did last year, you might say, oh, it's a little inconsistent. He played really, really good most of the year last year. Tight end is not a deep position. Much deeper this year than it was the last couple with a lot of young, good young tight ends coming on. Uh, this guy, 
honestly, if you got the right matchup against a team that doesn't play the tight end well, even if you don't have a dedicated tight end spot on your team, you may want to consider starting Darren Waller because he has that kind of talent. And Derek Carr trusts him. 12 catches. So if you're hurting that receiver and you got a guy like Waller, yeah, you may want to consider putting him in there in your flex spot. Oh, yeah, one, one more thing on that game. Uh, people really want Henry Ruggs III to play a bigger role in that offense. He hasn't really the first couple of weeks. Um, he's a really talented young receiver. You'd have to think at some point John Gruden is going to get him involved in that Raiders offense. But I don't think you can start him just yet until you see more from him. If he's all you have at receiver, he's your best option. Obviously, you're going to run him out there if you're in a really deep league. However, if you have another choice, you may want to consider using that option until you see more from Ruggs, more consistency, more involvement in the offense. But it happens a lot with young players. Some guys come right in and they, they're studs right out of the gate. Other guys struggle a bit and have to kind of find their footing. And John Gruden's offense is not exactly the easiest in the world to you know, pick up for a young player or any player. So not really surprising, but he'll, I think he'll be okay. But as for now, I keep him on your bench. Okay. Week three starts tonight. Dolphins, Jaguars. People have had a lot of fun poking, poking fun at these two teams for, for being the, the Thursday night showcase. But I honestly think from an actual entertainment standpoint, from a football game standpoint, it's going to be pretty enjoyable. I, I really think so. I mean, you're, you're not going to probably see a whole lot of great defense, but you got two quarterbacks that like to go out there and throw the ball around. Uh, I think it could be pretty fun. I really do. I'm, I'm trying to make the best of it. I mean, it's not exactly the Chiefs-Ravens Monday night matchup, but if you can if you can just enjoy a football game for just being a football game and not have to take everything else into consideration, it'll be a good game. From a fantasy aspect... There may not be a lot here. I'm, I'm going to run some through some stuff for you. And I do realize that this podcast is releasing late. So by the time some of you hear it, it may already, the game may have already started. So I apologize for that. I tried to get it out earlier. Wasn't able to. Should be out much earlier next week and, and you know, following weeks. But as for this game, I really think starting Gardner Minshew is okay. I'm not saying he's a second coming of Patrick Mahomes. But the guy has gone out with not a lot around him on offense and had two really, really solid weeks. Really solid weeks. He's actually the ninth-ranked quarterback in fantasy right now. And he has a good matchup not only this week against Miami, but for the next handful of weeks also. So if you're not, like I talked about with Drew Brees, if you're not one of those teams that has a really rock-solid starting quarterback, one of the top you know, four or five, it may be worth picking him up. Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, he may not be a bad option for this game. He is very inconsistent at, at times. Um, yeah, you can tell. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find a silver lining here. If you have to start Fitzpatrick, hopefully you don't. But I mean, in this particular matchup, if you do, if he is your best option, uh, he should be fine against the Jaguars. Uh, you'll have some shaky matchups on the horizon, though. So if you can find a way to get a better quarterback than him, I would do so. Uh, plus, they have Tua. I am not even going to try to say the last name because I will butcher that. But uh, the kid they drafted fifth overall from Alabama this past draft, 
he's waiting in the wings. And it's hard to know just how long or short Ryan Fitzpatrick leash will be until it's two a time. But that could be right around the corner. They could bench him the whole season. Who knows? But it, if you have to depend on him, you may want to look elsewhere. As far as receivers go, DJ Shark is out. He's not playing tonight. So if you happen to have Keelan Cole Sr. or you can get him before tonight's game, I would suggest that. I actually did that in one of my leagues. He's right now ranked one of the top receivers in the first two weeks of fantasy. I don't expect that to maintain throughout the season, but sometimes you got to ride the hot hand. And my other option was Cooper Cup, and I don't trust Jared Goff to throw the cup consistently, even though he should. So I picked up Keelan Cole Sr. I think Minshew's going to throw to him quite a bit, especially with Shark out. Maybe LaVishka Chanel also may want to take a look at him. Him and Keelan Cole should have a pretty nice game tonight. Devontae Parker is the only real receiving option I see for the Dolphins. The only one I can really recommend. He's a hell of a receiver. Uh, he hasn't really had a big game yet this season, but with a lack of running game and Fitzpatrick loving to throw the ball all over the field, he's just due for a breakout. Uh, I would I would not feel bad about running him out there. Dolphins running back situation is way too much of a crapshoot. You have Miles Gaskin, who's come out of nowhere. Jordan Howard, who's supposed to be the primary back, but has not played that way. Matt Burita, who they traded for to be an accessory in the backfield. None of those guys are lighting the world on fire. If I had to start one, I'd say Miles Gaskin, just because he showed the most spark the first few weeks. And I believe he's actually had the most carries the first few two weeks. So I wouldn't feel great about it. But if, you know, you had a couple of flex spots and you're in the deep league, it may be your best option to throw Gaskin out there. So go ahead and do that. James Robinson for the Jaguars should be okay to start tonight. Haven't seen a lot of him, but he's had 16 carries in each of the first two games. Used minimally in a passing game, got a few receptions, but, you know, I wouldn't feel too bad about starting him. I would not start either one of these defenses if my life depended on it. Wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. If you don't have a better option than the Jaguars or the Dolphins defense, you very much need to continue to listen to this show email me find me on twitter listen all you possibly can um yeah i mean fantasy wise i don't know if anyone's gonna blow up tonight but uh, it should be an entertaining football game so that that's not nothing now on to sunday's games and i'm gonna give you some guys i feel good about some guys i feel nervous about and if able to tell this section isn't here to tell you to start star players. I might be nervous about some star players, but I'm not here to tell you to start superstars. I'm not going to tell you, ooh, start Dalvin Cook. Ooh, start Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you're going to start those people anyways. You drafted them to be a cornerstone to your team. You're going to play them. That's not really analysis on my end. Quite honestly, it's kind of an easy way out to tell you to start superstars. I do have some you should be careful of, though. And that's where it gets interesting. I am here to tell you about some of the big-name players that may struggle. Of course, there isn't a whole lot you can do about that. You're going to start on no matter what. It's more of a way for me to prepare you so as they're struggling, you'll be able to look at it objectively and understand what went wrong. Just to be clear, these are only for these games. These are not for the season. I'm not saying these guys are going to be great all year or terrible all year. This is just how I feel 
for the games coming up this weekend, with a notable exception, which I will mention. At quarterback, I feel good about Gardner Minshew. He finds a way to score points. Does not have immense wide receiver talent around him. The guy finds a way to get the ball downfield, finds a way to score. He's not a lock. You're not, not someone you march out there every week no matter what. But I would feel okay about starting him tonight. Next one, Joe Burrow against the Eagles. He has showed improvement over his first two starts from his first to his second. He's getting good chemistry with his offensive weapons, especially Tyler Boyd. I think him and Tyler Boyd are going to be really good together. When Joe Mixon gets going, when he gets on track, it's going to be huge for Burrow. That's going to be a whole other element to the game that he's going to be able to utilize. I think Burrow is shaky at times, like any young quarterback is going to be. It's not a surprise. But he showed a lot of poise last Thursday night against the Browns. Even though they lost, you saw some really, really good things from him. I think the Bengals have their QB of the future without a doubt. I think the kid's the real deal. And I'm actually starting him in one of my leagues. I have an 18 league that I'm in that I actually run, and I'm starting him this week. I actually dropped the Drew Brees because I'd feel better throwing Burrow out there and taking a chance than starting Brees the way he's been playing. So take that for what it's worth. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm not just saying it and not backing it up. Uh, running back, I feel good about David Montgomery. Against the Falcons, all year really, but against the Falcons this weekend especially, the Bears have Tariq Cohen as a game-changing change of pace. The Bears have Tariq Cohen as a change of pace, receiving back. He will run once in a while, but he's not the primary ball carrier. The Bears have finally seemed to have come to their senses and made Montgomery the focal point of the running game, which is what they needed to do. He proved last week he is tough. Guy left with an injury. Looks pretty bad. It's a neck injury. That's not something you want to mess around with. Any injury, really, but especially when you get around the neck and spine and stuff like that, you don't want to mess around with that. However, he was able to come back in the game. Ran the ball great. Looked better than before he left. Uh, I mean, if he catches a few more passes a game, he's going to be able to be considered a steal in the draft based on where most people drafted him. He... He's the real deal. He's absolutely the real deal. And the more the Bears use him, the more we'll all see that. Jonathan Taylor versus the Jets. Now, Marlon Mack going down did not hurt this fact at all. But Jonathan Taylor was drafted to be the primary back. Marlon Mack and him were probably going to split carries until he kind of, Jonathan Taylor took it over. Marlon Mack went out and got injured, unfortunately for him. Jonathan Taylor's the guy now. Yeah, they have uh, Nadine Hines, but Taylor is the guy, trust me. He's clearly the top guy in the backfield. He can run, he can catch, and he's facing a Jets team that cannot seem to do anything right. I'm not just trying to bag on them, but, I mean, watch the Jets. They are confused. They look lost. They'll make one good play, then make three dumb plays. Like, that team really needs some leadership and to get away from Adam Gase. But besides the point, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be a great start. Feel good about starting him. He could be, along with a guy like uh, David Montgomery, a steal of the draft. And if you can keep him next year for where you drafted him as a keeper, if your league runs that way, you're going to be pretty happy. All right, receivers I feel good about. 
Terry McLaurin at the Browns. Now, Terry McLaurin plays for the Washington football team. And if he didn't play for them, he would be far more respected and far more well-known. Talented players seem to just get lost in Washington. Just get lost in Washington. Hopefully, with a coach like Ron Rivera there to bring some credibility to that team, you'll start seeing these talented players getting a little more respect and attention. But McLaurin is a stud receiver. He had a really nice year last year in his rookie year. He's vastly underrated. If he was on a different team, he'd be a star right now. But due to an inconsistent offense around him, he may struggle from time to time during the season. But for the majority of weeks, he's going to be a solid start. For this week against the Browns, I think he's going to be fine. The Browns secondary has not played great. And McLaurin is very, very talented. He's going to do well. Tyler Lockett of the Seahawks, they are facing the Cowboys. And Cowboys can score in bunches, but, man, that defense is not looking good. Who is looking good, though? is Russell Wilson, and Tyler Lockett is a vastly underrated receiver. The Cowboys are going to be concerned with stopping DK Metcalf. I don't think they're going to be able to do that. Certainly not going to be able to stop him and Lockett. Lockett is extremely underrated. So is Russell Wilson. I think Lockett is as underrated a receiver as Wilson is a quarterback. Both phenomenal talents. And I know that the NFL is a national, you know, a national game. You can see every team. But there are some teams that seem to just kind of get lost based on where they are. And you have the, the Seahawks all the way up in Seattle in the Pacific Northwest. And just seems a lot of other fan bases don't have the exposure to these guys to realize how good they are. But if it's a Cowboys game, it's probably going to be on national TV. And there's going to be a lot of folks this week that see Tyler Lockett burn the Cowboys. I would definitely start him. All right, that's the positive. Now here's the... Less than positive. These are the players I feel nervous about. First one on the list, I'm going to get it out of the way, is Patrick Mahomes. Now, before everybody loses their mind, as I said, this is just this matchup. It's not all year. Patrick Mahomes is great. He's an awesome player. He's going to have some killer games this year. I just think the offense is having a bit of a Super Bowl hangover, which is normal. Look, you can't go out there and score 40 points and put up five or 600 yards of offense every game. You just can't, no matter who you are, no matter what team you are. It doesn't happen. There's going to be a bit of a letdown for a few weeks here and there. And this is what the Chiefs are kind of going through right now. They've still won both games, so it's not like they have anything to hang their head about. Mahomes is as good a player as there is in the league, without a doubt. He could go out there and absolutely torch the Ravens. It's possible. He could make me look completely stupid. However, I just don't see it happening. He has not put up Mahomes-like numbers weeks one and two. Threw for three touchdowns week one. I get it. Not a lot of yards. He really struggled last game for most of it. Until about a few minutes left in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, he really didn't come to life. The Ravens are going to be pumped. I think they're going to give the Chiefs offense fits. I really do. Like I said... Every offense goes through low points. I mean, if you're the Bears, you've been going through one ever since you drafted Trubisky. So a couple of weeks from Mahomes where you actually still win the game is not a big deal, but I think he's going to struggle against the Ravens. You're going to start him because he's Patrick Mahomes, and I would too if I had him. But just be wary. Be cautious. Build the rest of your team 
a little more solid, not knowing you probably won't have that 40-point Mahomes game. Next quarterback, I'm nervous about Matt Ryan against the Chicago Bears. He had incredible games, Matt Ryan did, against two defenses that were struggling. Bears defense is sneaky good. And after two monster games and two losses by the Falcons, I might add, including an incredibly deflating loss to the Cowboys last week where they blew a massive lead, he could be in for a letdown, which means he's going to let your fantasy team down. And a lot of owners, team owners picked him based on his performance the last two weeks. They're going to start him in week three, especially if they picked a quarterback late and had someone who was not all that consistent. They're going to start Matt Ryan, and he this could be a major letdown game. The Falcons are not great at running the ball. They're going to rely on throwing the ball. The Bears defense is going to be able to sniff that out. I'm not saying Falcons are going to get shut out. I do not think you're going to have a Matt Ryan 400-yard and three-touchdown game. I just don't. I don't see it happening. Just be cautious if you think you have to start him. At running back, Dalvin Cook. This isn't for this game. This is for the entire season. I worry about Dalvin Cook. This is the guy I told you about was the exception. I worry about Dalvin Cook. Not because of Dalvin Cook. Because of Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is awful. He is a bad quarterback. He is not good. He is the sole reason the Vikings are not an offensive powerhouse. Teams don't respect his ability to throw, so they just stack the line and try to stop Dalvin Cook. Yeah, there's teams that are going to do that, and Cousins will get lucky, and he'll have a three, 400-yard passing game because a defense didn't play it smart, and even a blind squirrel finds a nut. But as long as Cousins is the quarterback... Dalvin Cook is gonna it's gonna be a crapshoot because you could have a good defense that just stacks the stacks the line and shuts him down. He's gonna have some shaky outings. Like I said, I don't blame him for that, but if he can't perform, he can't get you points. Next one, Leonard Fournette. He had a fine week last week. 100, 100 plus rushing yards, two touchdowns. Don't forget though. Most of that was on a late touchdown run. Not that that matters. Points are points, like I just said. But it just goes to measure consistency. And with all the bodies clogging up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers backfield, I wouldn't be able to start him with any kind of confidence. Like I said before about James Robinson of the Jaguars, if you had two flex spots and you got to throw him in one of your flex spots, Good. Give it a shot. You could get lucky. But you don't know, is this going to be a Leonard Fournette game? Is this going to be a LaShawn McCoy game? Is this going to be a Ronald Jones game? You just don't know with the Buccaneers. And unless injuries kind of weed out the the players in the backfield for Tampa Bay, it's going to be shaky all year as to who you want to go with. Receivers, Stefan Diggs versus the Rams. Diggs has been incredible the first two weeks of the season. He's an incredibly talented guy. All the physical gifts a receiver could ask for, but he does inexplicably disappear from time to time for weeks at a time. The Rams' secondary is much more threatening than that of the Jets or Dolphins, the first two teams that 
the Bills played this year. They'll be able to get better pressure on Josh Allen, which will make it harder for him to throw the longer passes down the field with accuracy. Josh Allen already struggles with accuracy. They're going to try to run the ball a lot more than normal because they're not going to be able to have all the time in the pocket to throw. So you may see, you may see Stefan Diggs have a much lower fantasy output week this week than the first two. It's probably going to be okay for the whole season. But when you have a team with a, especially a dominant cornerback like a Jalen Ramsey, who's probably going to be on Diggs quite a bit, you're going to see some weeks where you wish you had another option. Robbie Anderson against the Chargers. I'm a huge Robbie Anderson fan. I think he's a super talented receiver. Like I said, I'm a Patriots fan. I've watched him on the Jets for the last four years very closely. Three years. I think it's three three or four seasons on the Jets very closely. He was not utilized properly at all by them. He has a ton of talent. He's proved it so far in his first two weeks in Carolina with his new team. Went over 100 yards first two weeks. Very involved part of the offense, even with Christian McCaffrey there. However, Chargers defense gave the Chiefs fits last week. The Chargers defense is for real. And they can really get after the passer. And McCaffrey's not there. For the next four to six weeks, McCaffrey's on IR with that ankle injury. Robbie Anderson will be fine against lesser teams. But against a team with a defense like this, without their top running back in the game, I don't know how much of a running game... Mike Davis is going to bring to the Panthers how much of a threat he's going to be. But if he ends up really tanking and there's no threat of a running game, it's going to be a long four to six weeks for the Carolina Panthers. That is going to do it for this episode of the Fantasy Football Advocate. If you like what you hear, then please leave a rating and review and tell a friend about the podcast. That'd be a huge help to me. I'd very much appreciate it. Good luck with your games tonight and this weekend. And don't forget, you can find the show on Twitter at FFA underscore pod or my personal Twitter account at FFA underscore Chris. You can email the show directly at the FF advocate at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, please play smart, have fun, and I will talk to you Monday.